1: back for another Six Rings and Football Things live edition mini camp Foxborough Massachusetts practice fields behind Gillette Stadium I am Andy Hart joined by our newest WEEI employee and the Patriots beat writer Mike Cadlick and we are fresh off the first day of mini camp you might even hear some lawnmowers in the background because we are sitting just to the side of the practice field first and foremost Mike welcome back to Six Rings and Football Things welcome to the Patriots beat cuz you're sort of getting your feet wet this week how uh, how did you think today's mini camp practice went? Because I think you and I may have um, a little bit of a back and forth the uh, the view with which we saw how Mac Jones and the offense performed.
0: Yeah, sure, Andy. Well, thank you for the warm welcome. I uh, I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Um, good to be like you said on the field with the lawnmower behind us. Um, talking about specifically how mini camp practice went today. Um, we were talking before we recorded. You said that it was. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but something along the lines of abysmal for the offense. Uh, it wasn't great. I wouldn't, call, I wouldn't use quite those terms. Um, there, I thought it was back and forth overall. I thought it was pretty competitive offense, defense, obviously, uh, and we'll get into it, but the end of a uh, two-minute drill at the end of practice, Mac Jones threw a couple interceptions. He just spoke to us about those, yeah, quote air quotes, interceptions. Um, kind of handed one to Kyle Duggar and then obviously one from Adrian Phillips. But, no, overall, um, I thought it was okay from, you know, both sides of the football. I don't think anyone really won the day, um, you know, really won the day offense, defense c- completely.
1: So we'll uh, start, before we get into the little debate of what the offense looked like and whether it maybe took a step back and looked a little bit more like 2022 than I would like under Bill O'Brien's direction. <laughs> um, so there, the attendance, because this is now mandatory minicamp, and Bill Belichick was very... Um, evasive i guess he wasn't sure who would be here who wouldn't be here uh we did not see juju smith schuster on the field again today um he's dealing with something as uh, mac jones put it in his post-practice press conference i think most people are assuming this may be related to the knee issue he had last year as he eases back into things mac has said a number of times he's worked with juju they've gotten reps together called him a nerd last week that they bonded on that uh my guy james robinson i did not see out here not what I'm looking for, James. I've been talking you up pretty hard this offseason, so get your ass back on the practice field ASAP. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, not on the practice field, a guy who was talked up mightily after the first OTA practice. We haven't seen him since. Uh, Matthew Judon was out here, red sleeves and all. Looked like a normal full participant from what I saw. Trent Brown was not out there, and uh, that's an interesting one to monitor. Um, now these reports that they're maybe working out dj fluker the tackle situation how you feel about riley reef that is starting to feel like the most um concerning position maybe on the roster i think there's some others where depth is a concern but tackle position if you started a game today it's one of those well who are we starting out there who are we playing so anything jump out to you in terms of the attendance and who was or was not out here
0: yeah, so the Trent Brown one is certainly interesting. Uh, according to Mass Live's Mark Daniels, he said that uh, apparently his his flight from Texas was canceled. Uh, a hailstorm, a hailstorm hail canceled Trent Brown's flight. So uh, that's the deal with Trent. Apparently, he's supposedly supposed to be out here uh, tomorrow. Uh, Juju, Taekwond, obviously injuries tough along the wide receiver room. I wonder if that is uh, any more motivation to potentially bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, if that room continues to thin out. James Robinson, like you said, not ideal. He's a guy who's been injured multiple times over the course of his career. I think an ACL, I know the Achilles. Um, was it the ACL, the other one? Uh, Achilles. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, a guy who um, has not been sort of the epitome of health uh, over the course of his career, so that's something to monitor. The other one, too, the other absence, de- uh, not Dietrich Weiss, was the... Lawrence Guy. Yes. <laughs> Lawrence Guy was not here. Uh, Mike Reese said that uh, that one is contract-related. He signed a four-year, $11 million deal prior to the 2021 season. I think he's due $2 million this year. So Lawrence Guy, not out there, uh, reportedly contract-related. So that's the only one that's really the holdout. Um, And like you said, Judon was here. He's a guy who, I noticed this last year when I was out here too, he's here for minicamp, but he's kind of just roaming around, you know, flailing around, doing the whole Matt Judon thing, which, you know, he probably deserves to be able to do that. He's probably their best player here, so, I mean, you're going to come out here, you're not going to get fined, and you don't really have to do much else. But, um, no, I would say the big thing was uh, Brown's missed flight, and uh, Dietrich, or why do I keep going to Wise? Lawrence Guy not being out here because of a contract dispute.
1: Yeah, the Guy one is interesting because he's a captain. He's sort of one of your central veteran leaders. Now, I don't think he needs to be out here. Hell, if anything, maybe it's less wear and tear on his body with only so many bullets left in his veteran gun there. Um, and I feel like that's one of those where it's probably not going to take a ton of money maybe to appease him. You know, you can get they've, they've done that over the years where a little veteran bumps in pay. It's not like you're looking for a new. Yeah, you're not looking for a hundred million dollar contract or something crazy. Um, the Trent Brown thing. It's funny how the guy who seems upset at playing left tackle and seems upset with his contract just happens to have a flight issue and doesn't make it here. Um, so color me skeptical on that Trent Brown uh, situation. But, you know, Judon. He's a guy that, you know, I think some people were like, well, if he doesn't come out here, he's a guy that could probably argue he's underpaid. He certainly is the um, best return on investment from that big free agent class. He's been to the Pro Bowl, been double-digit sack guy. He's gotten better every year in New England. But for him to be out here, um, I think that's a good sign, you know, so that he's on board and, you know, seemingly happy with his lot in life and situation. Um, okay, so let's get into some of our observations from the workout, from the practice. Um one, one guy that I'm going to jump off with just because we'll get into the Mac Jones and the offense thing is the defensive side of the ball. I think we've talked about this. I know Fitzy and I have talked about this, the versatility that this team is going to have on the defensive side of the ball. Looks like it could be fun if you're a defensive coach. Looks like even Mac Jones just talked about in his, his press conference, Steve Belichick drawing stuff up and them trying things out here. And they had a lot of bodies, you know, whether it's Julius Peppers, uh, Marte Mapu, the rookie who just spoke with us. and um, certainly brings confidence and speed and athleticism to, you know, what, what could be a challenging opportunity for him. Are you a linebacker? Are you a safety? Are you deep? Are you in the box? There's a lot going to be put on his plate. Um, but the guy I want to talk about, and I think probably the most important guy on the roster not named Mac Jones, and um, this is probably a bold statement, but whatever, is Christian Gonzalez. Because I think the cornerback position is a house of cards. If he can play, I think you kind of slot in nicely behind him. But the other day we even saw it when Jonathan Jones isn't out there and Jalen Mills wasn't out there. Now you have to have Jack Jones out there and your depth after that. I know a lot of fans like to really pick on Miles Bryant. They're not really looking for him to be on the field that often. Like there's a drop off there. Um, One of the rookies, is it Bolden 63? Yeah, Isaiah Bolden has been getting decent reps. It's like these guys are late round picks that might be necessary. They're not really luxuries. So Christian Gonzalez. I have been thoroughly impressed with his athleticism. Like, he looks the part. He looks like a number one corner. I thought he did a nice job in his press conference that he just held with the, uh, the reporters here. I think he's got some of that quiet swag or whatever you want to call it. He's not bombastic. I don't think he's Jalen Ramsey. I don't expect him to get dropped off in a helicopter for training camp or anything like that. Um, but I also think he's got a little of the, you know, cornerback necessary, cock of the walk kind of attitude to him um do you share my concerns though first of all do you think Gonzalez can an argument be made that he's the second most player important player on the team or is that ridiculous and do you think there is a
0: tenuous nature with the cornerback position um a bold statement but uh, yeah I would tend to agree a guy who comes in first round pick um has all the expectations in the world Christian Gonzalez obviously um he does he has that quiet confidence kind of reminds me of like a Stephon Gilmore when he was here um always a smile on his face always like a little smirk not really like you know too too into it if you will nothing he's not a hardo I know you've used that term before um no he's a guy who again looks athletic looks long looks the part as a first round pick and a guy who they clearly want to plug and play in the system right away um should he go down or like you said should he not be able to perform you're right the the cornerback position could end up uh you know falling like a house of cards i mean John Jones was repping a lot on the outside today. He did that before he was out last Friday as well. Um, that's a guy who's who's rather new to that position. He was a slot corner, um, special teams guy prior. So he's just learning um, to play outside corner really over the last two seasons. So, yeah, he had a decent season there last year. But, I mean, you don't know what a full year of it when in a year or two for him brings. So, and then you, you're right, you go to Jack Jones, who I was a fan of his, his rookie season. He made a couple great plays early on, but... Fizzled was hurt fizzled out towards the end and then obviously had the suspension so you don't know how much you can really rely on a guy like that all the time so yeah i think um if you look at it through that lens gonzalez can certainly be um you know potentially the second most important behind mac um again if you talk about best players you go to judon and duggar but i mean again you're okay behind matthew judon with guys like uche and you know Keon white coming in i know he's a rookie but and then when you go to safety too, the safety room stacked so cornerback Christian Gonzalez, yeah, I would say that definitely, uh, definitely could be considered a uh, position of value, if you will, with the Patriots.
1: So the next guy I want to talk about on the defensive side of the ball looks like you, you mentioned Gonzalez is getting the Cole Strange treatment. He's was picked in the first round. He's being slotted as a, a starter. Like they're putting him out there. You're the corner. Marte Mapu is a really interesting guy. Um, I kind of liked what I just heard from him, listening to him. He certainly has confidence. Maybe, maybe even a little arrogance there. That. I don't think is a problem when you're coming from a small school and you're trying to carve out a role and carve out a challenging role as a, you know, there were a lot of questions today. Do you consider yourself a linebacker? Do you consider yourself a safety? And he's like, you call me whatever they call me or whatever they tell you to call me. He just wants to play football. And I do think that we we talked about the versatility. He plays into that. But he looks like a guy to me, the reps he's getting, next to guys like Duggar and Peppers and Phillips and Mills. He may not start a single game this year. But I think he could be a big piece of the defense, if that makes any sense, like a rotational. I don't know what the percentage will be, 40 percent play time. But you're like, wow, he's on the field a lot in a lot of different roles. And I know I talked to my my buddy Paul Perillo over at patriots.com about this. He definitely is a tryhard. definitely plays with a high motor. Um, and we can debate whether that's a good thing, a bad thing. And, you know, is he playing at a different speed? And he actually even talked about somebody asked about the conditioning. And he's like, well, in college, we have separate conditioning sessions. The only way to condition here is to do it during the practice session. So he almost admits, yeah, I'm running more. I'm doing more running. Um, but I got to tell you, I, I've, I've watched Bill like these guys for years in different forms. Phillips and Duggar sort of in that versatile mold, but then Mills, Tank Williams back in the day and different guys. I think Bill is really intrigued by Mapu and what he theoretically could do as an athlete and a versatile def- excuse me, defensive player um do you think he has a shot to be an
0: impact rookie for this defense 100 i do and there's a little delay because we're handing one microphone back and forth 100%. yeah 100 100%. So no you're gonna carry the homer load. exactly uh homer homer Cadlick here in for fitzy gfy um no i do i think again you've seen it a lot like you said he might not be listed as a starter you know when it, when it comes out on sundays with the depth chart it might not be Marte mapu on the top line but he is going to rotate in and he already has um here over the last uh, several weeks uh, at linebacker at safety and so uh, yeah he's playing a role and try hard maybe but I mean again when you're a third round pick from Sacramento State you're competing for a spot so why aren't you going to try hard right you, you want to go out there and, and impress and yeah I would think Bill Belichick has been impressed with him I saw um, Greg Bedard Boston Sports Journal report after uh, last OTA practice that after um, one of the one of the many big plays that Mar- uh, Mapu made, Belichick went over to him, dapped him up and, you know, talked him off the field and kind of you know, had a had a little conversation there with him. Obviously, they're, you know, conversating behind the scenes every day. But uh, for Belichick to, you know, single him out and go, you know, dapp him up, talk to him and be impressed with what he's done, I think is important. And I think, again, a guy from a third round pick, you're a guy who can be an impact player early on, um, and he's showing it so far. So, yeah, he, uh, he said that, you know, playing fast is the standard here. Um, he told us after practice, too, that he's comfortable doing whatever they asked me to do right now. And so, um, again, you're, he's he's going to be a yes man behind the scenes because he wants to show why why football players can come from Sacramento State. And they don't all have to come from, you know, Alabama, Georgia, and the likes. So.
1: Okay, so now we get to it. We made you stick around for, I don't know, 13 minutes of the podcast. We talked about defense and different things. Now we're going to get into the offense. Bill O'Brien, Mac Jones, and the day we saw today. Mac Jones with two quote-unquote interceptions uh, late in the practice, two-minute one. Okay, maybe it's a mulligan. Maybe it's screwing around. You know, he joked that Duggar always asks him he wants an interception. So he gave him one there. The other one was an overthrow again at whatever 60 percent speed. I don't even know what speed they were working at where he overthrew Hunter Henry. I can't really excuse that one. It was just a bad throw. But just I want to generalize the offense today. I thought it looked um, less functional. Uh, not as well paced. I Even Billy O'Brien had a screw up at one point where he acknowledged, I think he had the wrong personnel, and he's like, that's my bad. Like, he screwed that up. We hadn't seen these things the first couple OTAs. Um, there were a few more of those. The defense throws something at him, blitz something. Mac pulls the ball down. He's kind of scrambling like we saw a lot on the training camp practice fields. Last year, uh, I am not pulling, uh, you know, any parachute here, escape, want to get the hell off this. Yeah, not at all. But I thought everything to date had been positive for the offense, for Bill O'Brien, for Mac Jones. I thought it took a little bit. And that's not to say there wasn't good today. There was one blitz where they sent at least three extra rushers. Mac hit Kendrick Bourne on a crosser, touchdown. And they beat it, and he celebrated. Kendrick Bourne celebrated. Quick side note, post-practice, they've taken to doing sort of the old-school youth football big circle cool-down stretch thing. And during that period... Bill Belichick and Kendrick Bourne were, as you would say, yucking it up with each other, flailing his arms, like, look, and, you know, this is a guy born that was in the doghouse. Was it Patricia's doghouse? Was it Belichick's doghouse? But if you remember two years ago, Belichick and Bourne were, like, you know, He was one of those rare guys that can get Bill to laugh and yeah. smile and interact. Looks like Kendrick Bourne is back to that side of things and not the doghouse, so that's a good sign. But the Patriots offense took a minor step back today. This is going to happen, and I do believe they were throwing things at him. I do believe, and I do think Belichick likes that. Yeah. It's not going to be easy on Sundays when we move inside the big stadium next to us, so I do think they were throwing some stuff at him. But just what was your overall takeaway of sort of the, the step back or the stumbling or the less functional offense?
0: Yeah, I would agree. Choppy, I guess, is the right word to yeah. explain it. Um, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't what we saw over the last two weeks with OTAs. Um, and that's, you know, kind of not putting it bluntly, but that's that's what it was, right? I mean, every day it felt like after practice, at least I was writing it up, that Bill O'Brien had command, yep. Mac Jones had command, um, and, you know, putting guys in the right spots, audibling, and, you know, check with me, understanding what was, you know, what was happening on just about every single play, even when they didn't run it to perfection. Um, there seemed to be you know control of the offense today a little less of that like you said O'Brien you know had the mishap on his end which i mean good on him for actually admitting that he had a mishap but i don't think we heard that once from Matt Patricia last year um it was always uh shouldn't say it was always the player's fault in his eyes but it felt like he never really fully took responsibility but you know that's 2022 we're under 2023 and um no you're right i mean mac had a couple couple mistakes the interceptions um not great. I, again, I, I'll take the positives away from it. Uh, we saw a lot of double tight end. Mike Gesicki, Hunter Henry, um, were heavily involved today. They looked really good. Um, Gesicki's a freak. He's just a wide receiver in a tight end's body. Um, I'm wondering how they how they come out. You know, blocking from that position this season. And again, the the signing of Fluker and how many linemen they have will be interesting to see how they you know run that whole thing, the run game out of it. But um, yeah, choppy was the right way to put it. They weren't they weren't fully engaged as they were. Um, i guess prior but again that's not a bad thing we're not gonna i shouldn't say it's not a bad thing it's not gonna be perfect every time and the fact that we're four days into this and this is the first time we've really had to say that the offense hasn't been great it's it's still better than last year in my opinion and that's sort of a a positive i guess you can take away from a positive spin if you will
1: yeah i don't need to spin it i'll just say this last year the positive days were the outliers this year the negative day is the outlier regardless of how negative you think it was just any negative tone this year is the outlier um Interesting you brought up the, the personnel packages. I do think that's worth noting with Gasicki and Hunter Henry, two tight end sets with Bourne and Parker as your receivers because, well, they were kind of your veteran receivers that were out here today with no Thornton and Juju. I'll be interesting to see how those evolve when they have full personnel out here or, God forbid, they add D-hop and, like, how things trickle down.
0: I want to see where they add Juju in that mix. Again, With if you go double tight and you have, you know, Parker and, and KB out there, where does Juju slide in? Is it for... Is it for Parker? Is it for KB? Is it for, you know, what are the tight ends? Kind of how do they run that whole thing? It'll be interesting to see where they go once Juju's in the game.
1: And with Bourne, I'm a big Bourne believer Um, this year. I think he's going to have a great year. I think he may end up, D hop aside, we'll see where that goes. I think Bourne may end up being your best receiver. I don't know where that is. I don't know if that's 54 catches, 84 catches, what those numbers look like. The Mac thing I want to really talk about, and I know he does mental reps and talking to himself and breathing and all these various sort of new age things. But today I thought he took it to another level with, so Bailey Zappi is running his reps, full team, 11 on 11 behind Mac, and Mac is behind them, really looking sort of like Peyton Manning, like the histrionics of the pointing and the gesturing and the signaling and the talking to himself, mumbling, calling out signals. Like if you didn't think if you didn't know what he was doing was positive, you'd be like, the pressure finally got to him. Dude snapped. Yeah. <laughs> he's, um, we might want to take him off yeah, to the side and get have him s- get right? him some water. Um, and he talked about it post-practice. He said he's always done it, not necessarily with quite the gestures and all of that. So I found that interesting. Um, and then there was the last thing that I wanted to talk about with Mac. Uh, he had an interesting quote. Phil Perry asked him about his relationship with Bill Belichick and how much coaching he's getting from Bill Belichick. And his response in part of his answer about Bill, he was very positive about all coaches. Oh, my high school coach was great. My college coach is great. Bill O'Brien's great. Everybody's great. He said of Bill Belichick, he's really good with the defensive side of the ball. And then he doubled down on that and said basically that's you know what he's known for, what he's best at. I, you know me, we may have different perceptions of this. I thought that was a, I don't want to call it a subtle shot, but just a... Um, realistic reminder of who Bill Belichick is and maybe his role in the offense a year ago that didn't work so well if you remember it was early on it was Bill Belichick streamlining the offense and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge were both we're going to do what the head coach wants us to do there's it's his scheme his vision somewhere along the line that got forgotten and it was all kind of put on Matt Patricia like he was the problem he's the play caller he's the bad guy and I think feeding into that was the fact that well the year ends and three guys were a problem and only one lost his job the two others are still here coaching even if in different roles what did you make of him saying he's a really good defensive coach did you think like I did it was a little bit of a hey Bill skate your lane me and Billy oh we got a
0: good thing going here let us do our thing 100 (laughs) percent absolutely yeah no again as much of a homer as i may be i'm also i'm also here for a good a good narrative on what these guys are talking about no i i think i think it's a good thing a smart thing if you will to read into right he talked about it last week or two weeks ago whenever the last time he spoke about it feeling normal now kendrick Bourne, yesterday or last last week said um you know, Billy O's great, and he he gave him his flowers, and that they needed change from last season. They're they're adding this into, they're feeding this into the uh the media world, if you will, into their interviews. And to say it's on, you know, directly on purpose, and they're sitting there behind the scenes, going, ha ha ha, we got him, and we're putting him out there. Maybe that's not happening, but they're telling us how like it is, and they're saying how they feel. And uh, I mean, he's right when he says it too. When, the second Belichick got a hand of the offense last year and gave it to his friends. It was a dumpster fire, and then you come back in with Billy O. He's here, and it's it's looking really good. So um, Belichick is a great defensive coach. Mac is correct on that, but I do I do feel like that's definitely a little bit of a shot at him saying you know how much is he working with you he doesn't he avoids the question and says he's great on defense and that's what he's known for that's where he that's where he made his money that's his bread and butter so no i think that's sort of uh that was definitely a little bit of a a shot from mac about you know what he and bill o'brien have done over the last couple weeks
1: and you'll hear me say this many many times as long as you continue to work with us at weei when we do radio and podcasts whatever I'm a believer that the truth is never mean. That was a truthful statement. And even going back to Cleveland, and I'm going to draw a blank on the guy's name, but there was a guy who was their play caller, offensive play caller in Cleveland, and Bill would occasionally freak out, take over offensive play calling, whether it was in a game or for a couple weeks, and it didn't go well. Like, when Bill has had too big a voice on offense, it's not positive. That's just the history. Whereas defensively, It's all positive like it's it's how good is Bill's defense. It's not. Is it good or is it bad? It's what level of good does he, you know, attain. So I think it's just a realistic uh, take. Now, there's another realistic take. I'm not sure that I buy into Uh, Malik Cunningham spoke with the media after practice. I really liked him, by the way. So he talked about Patriots were the only team to work him out at wide receiver. Um, he thought this was the best place for him in part because of Julian Edelman well yeah the money helps Mike just gestured with the uh, the money symbol the uh, fingers with the thumb um, that definitely helps but he had an interesting comment well he, he said Edelman it proves it can be done here it's been done proves it can be done I, I think he's looked okay at receiver you can see he's a quarterback he's still telling other receivers what to do from like the slot like pointing them no you're supposed to motion you're on the wrong side those types of things um, but the most uh, the, the most interesting thing he said, and I d- forgot my notebook, wherever it is, but he basically said, um, you know, it proved it could work here with Edelman, and I'm, a, I'm more athletic than those guys. So he basically said he was more athletic than Julian Edelman, which I may not disagree. I think Julian Edelman may disagree if he catches wind of that, because Julian Edelman's a pretty cocky guy, a pretty prideful guy. Um, do you think, because we talked about receiver, and like, there's some depth concerns there, and that has opened up the door for DeMario Douglas talk. To me, too much hype on Booty and what everybody's putting on his plate. Heck, the local affiliates from Providence are on the Ed Lee train around here. And I I think Cunningham and DeMario Douglas, for me, have been the most impressive so far. Probably Douglas first. He looks like he has the quickness of a slot receiver. Um, build from there what you will. We'll see. Uh, Ty Montgomery also getting some pretty interesting receiver reps at one point. Um, Kendrick Bourne had to take a... Uh, lap for going off sides false start and it was Ty Montgomery that joined that group of you know quote-unquote first teamers starters um, but what are your thoughts on those second tier receivers the young rookie receivers that are trying to make a name for themselves and most specifically Malik Cunningham who as a quarterback is very confident in his athleticism and his ability with the ball in his hands but now as a route runner and catching the ball is going to be some transition there just what are your thoughts on Cunningham in that group?
0: Yeah, well, Butte has to get out here on the actual <laughs> practice field if he wants to try and make this team. He hasn't been here the last two days. Sorry to interrupt. I don't think he's making this team. I know everybody thought he was
1: going to yeah. catch, like, 45 balls. I think there's a better chance that he's not with this team in, like, a month
0: and a half from now than there is that he catches 45 balls. I I just don't see it. No, I, I heard that soundbite with you and Fitzy on Six Rings about him, and I, at, the, at the time, of course, I was like, oh, come on, give the guy a shot. He was, you know, one of the best receivers in college football two years ago, projected first-round pick, but you do have to play to make the team, especially as a six-round pick. Butte has not been out here. Um, I would agree that Douglas has looked impressive, uh, or the most impressive, I guess. Um, the Cunningham thing, funny quote, obviously, with Edelman, the thing about um, making the, or, you know, it shows that you can make the team as a, a former quarterback. You know, they value smarts here, not that and everyone else doesn't, but, you know, being a smart football player and knowing where everybody is um, at every given time, I guess, along along the line, along the offense, you know, personnel quarterbacks receivers etc that's an important thing that Cunningham can bring uh, to the table um, as far as the who makes the team and who has looked the best I would I would agree that Cunningham probably has the best chance just the given the versatility I think they can also use him um, in potential wildcat packages or you know something along those lines we haven't really seen much of it yet but um, even if we did we're not really supposed to talk about it <laughs> but um, no I think uh, I would say Cunningham has the most uh, the best shot um, and as far as the the streak of undrafted uh, free agents making this team, I think that's another probably big reason why he came here because J- Edelman showed that you can do it, but even guys like Jacoby Myers showed that you could do it. Um, I can't think of any all the other guys off the top of my head, but undrafted free agents, uh, the Patriots like to ha- you know have one of those guys on the roster, and I think they sort of pride themselves on it, and so Cunningham coming here and you know being that guy could be the next one in line. So um, Douglas looked okay. Boutte needs to get out here. Um, Ed Lee... We'll see what happens. I don't think he makes the roster, but um, we'll go from there. But no, Douglas, I'm, I'm with you on Douglas and Cunningham.
1: Okay, so as we come down the home stretch here, two things to keep an eye on. We will have another one of these six rings in football things live from the Patriots practice field, mini camp field on Tuesday. We'll bring you all the sights, sounds, whoever spoke, whatever happens. We will try to keep you updated if there is a DeAndre Hopkins sighting update, if there's anything on his IG from. Hopefully Logan Airport, we don't get confused with that guy that's been at the Hertz counter for like six years. Um, Bill Belichick was very vague with the definitely maybe that he's coming here and got into logistics and tried to muddy that water, had no comment on the Fluker situation. Um, One thing I wanted to take note of is uh, these minutiae things because I think that's what we can do that other places can't. We can go a little deeper. Um, Chad Ryland, your uh, drafted kicker, I thought had a really nice day the other day, showed a strong leg and was nailing the hell out of them even through the skinny uprights. Today, the skinny uprights seem to give him a bit of a challenge. He wasn't missing by a lot, but he was not making it through the skinny uprights. I still think he has a very strong leg. I still think Nick Folk is in a fight to keep his job um, now I also have this working theory that maybe both of them will be around, you know, maybe folk has an injury to start the year on IR or something. And I did air quotes there just like Mac does when he throws interceptions. Um, but what have your thoughts been on maybe Chad Ryland? I don't know if you've noticed anything or just any other news and nuggets. Cause I know you do the blog observations, the observations for wei.com. Just anything else that stood out before we wrap up this podcast
0: yeah just a couple quick hitters like that as you said um Bryce Baringer came out here as probably the swaggiest uh player on the field today rocking a a full tinted visor over his uh his sport goggles that he usually wears I loved it I mean why not right yeah yeah that's fair you you better be good if you're you know bringing out something like that um as far as the kicker situation goes I have a hard time thinking they're gonna take a guy in the fourth round and not have him make the team I feel like they're kind of locked into it at that point I think they took that Roar Wasser kid in the fifth a few years ago. He might have not made the team for non-football reasons, uh, if you remember that story, but um, no, Ryland's looked okay. Nick Folk probably fighting for his job only because of the fact that they drafted him in the fourth round. If they took him in the sixth round, who knows? Um, Beringer looks like he has a good leg. Antonio Mafi, the guard, rookie guard, was out here um, in a red non contact jersey, so we'll keep an eye on that. He repped with um, some of the first team guys last week on the interior. Um, again, with Alenu out, he's not here out here either, but um, Mafi's injury, I think he was dealing with a calf injury in the pre-draft process. So he was out here in white now with the red. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, other nuggets, Jack Jones kind of have my eye on him just to see where and if he makes the, not that they're going to cut him and make the team, but we, what kind of an impact role he has in year two. We, we touched on the cornerbacks earlier, but I always have my eye on him because I liked him last year. thought he played a good role and I thought if he could keep his head on straight, could compete for a starting role opposite uh, Christian Gonzalez. So my eyes always on him. He was behind John Jones for most of the day. They also did some rotation. They put John Jones in the slot. They put Jack Jones outside. So he'll probably play a role, but we'll see um, how that pans out. But uh, other than that, um, another competitive day out here on the fields uh, outside of Gillette Stadium.
1: So that's going to wrap up day one of Patriots mandatory veteran mini camp. Uh, notable absentees would include Trent Brown and Lawrence guy who reportedly could be looking for an adjustment to his contract. Uh, a couple interesting faces on the field, a little advice for Devin McCordy. You're retired. You don't, I know it says mandatory, but you're retired. That doesn't include you anymore, <laughs> right? You don't get fined anymore, but Devin McCordy was out here. We continue to see LeGarrette blunt. Um, I don't know if I saw Aaron Dobson today. Okay. Aaron Dobson was here. They're part of the bill Walsh, Uh, program Uh, minority coaches can work their way up it's an experience thing bill belichick talked about that he made a little joke about they're all
0: grown up now he hasn't seen them in a few years quick another quick guest list nugget um i don't know if Andy you were going to touch on any college football fans out there james franklin penn state head coach uh was here uh in attendance as well so not only the uh like you said the you'll get into the the coaching fellowship thing but james franklin penn state here as well
1: so that's a good one. That's uh, And uh, he followed Billy O'Brien at Penn State, correct? He followed up Billy O'Brien, so maybe they had some shared memories from the Nittany Lions. Uh, but it's a, I thought it was a beautiful day of football. The weather was perfect. Not that anyone cares for us, but sitting on the hill with a light breeze in the sun watching football was a good gig today uh, in early June. Uh, Patriots will be back at it on Tuesday. We will be back at it with another six rings and football things, more news and nuggets and updates. And be sure to go to weei.com for everything that Mike Cadlick saw. For Mike Cadlick, I am Andy Hart, and Fitzy is being lazy somewhere. But that's all the observations we got from Foxborough. Six rings out.